But uh, we're blessed to have Mr. Thompson here this morning. He is a blessing, a true man of God. I think the world of him. In fact, it's a little intimidating sometimes to get up here and preach because he's an experienced pastor. And I feel like sometimes he's probably thinking, well, he's an idiot. So I, <laughs> so I hope not, but that's the way I feel sometimes. But anyway, Mr. Thompson, come on up. You would please. that all my tests came back good and that uh, I'm all set to have this surgery on my shoulder. It's been two years in the making and uh, I hope we can get it all done maybe even before Christmas. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your thoughts and your comments and your words of encouragement to me. Now the bad news is um, my eye has given me some problems. Stella hit me with something the other day. <laughs> and then I had to get a cancer removed from my skin up here. And the surgeon got his elbow in my eye doing the work. So uh, I had to think of some reason to tell you about it. I don't want to tell you what I did to her. But, uh, <laughs> it's a joy to be here today. How many of you almost forgot it was a time change? Let's see your hands. Well, you're a very well-informed bunch. <laughs> Thank the Lord for that. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles today and turn to the book of Job. The book of Job. Chapter 12. I'm just going to read uh, four verses, beginning at verse 7. Of Job chapter 12. But ask now the beasts, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee. Or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee, and the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee. Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this, in whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Let's pray. Father, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts today, this morning, be acceptable to you in all that we share. In Jesus' name, amen. One of my favorite TV commercials is from Farmer's Insurance. I'm sure you've seen it on television. Now, this CEO from Farmer's walks into a, a scene where there's a claim that has to be processed. It's a bit unusual. But he steps into that situation and he says, we know a thing or two. Because we've seen a thing or two. I know you've seen that 
And he settles the claim without any problem. Now, if you from another insurance company here today, I apologize for saying all that. But I believe we Christians can know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two in the Word of God. For example, God has shared some important lessons with all of His children through insignificant, tiny, small things. Let me explain. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 10 says, Who has despised the day of small things? Let me explain. In Jonah's day, it was a tiny worm, you remember, and a gourd. In Naaman the leper's day, it was a little Israelite girl. Moses, before Pharaoh, had a stick in his hand, a rod, a shepherd's rod. And David, who can forget David with his little slingshot? If you turn sometime to the book of Proverbs, you'll find in chapter 30, verses 24 to 28, the Bible lists four animals found in the Holy Land that can teach us all some very important lessons. For example, it says the ants, who are very industrious and in planning for the winter, teach us the wisdom that we ought to also be planning for eternity, be ready to meet God. It talks about the conies, which are badgers. The badgers hiding in the clefts of the rock reminds us of the only place we can spiritually hide is in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Rock of Ages. It talks about the locusts. The locusts and their great swarms hang together and reminds us of the value that we need to be these terrible days as believers of hanging together, being of one mind, one spirit. Our unity in Christ is important. It talks about lizards. Lizards can be found even in king's palaces, the Bible says, and it reminds us of the kind of faith that takes hold of the promises of God and believes God and trusts God for everything. God gives us these many pictures, I believe, to help us understand ourselves. For example, believers in the Bible are called the salt of the earth. We're called a light set on the hill. We're called the branches that are attached to the Lord Jesus, the vine. We're called racers in a race, sheep, wrestlers, soldiers. But listen, the greatest compliment, my way of thinking, that the scripture gives when it pays to Christians is when it compares us to eagles. Eagles. What a magnificent creature the mighty eagle bird is. You'll find the image on coins, on seals, on flags. The eagle was chosen long ago to be our national symbol in America. And a beautiful tribute to the eagle I found in the lines of the great poet Alfred Lord Tennyson when he wrote, He clasps the crag with crooked hands, close to the sun in lowly lands. Ringed with the azure world, he stands, 
The wrinkled sea beneath him crawls. He watches from his mountain walls. And like a thunderbolt, he falls. In our text that I've just uh, read from the book of Job, reminds us that animals teach us and the birds of the air tell us something. And I believe God's given us three words, three key words, three Old Testament passages to demonstrate just how He wants us to be His spiritual eagles. And so with your Bibles in hand, turn first of all to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy 32. And I'm going to read just two verses. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And some of the words may be a little different from what you have. Deuteronomy 32, 11 and 12. As an eagle stirs up its nests, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings, so the Lord alone led him, and there was no foreign God with him. Now the context of this chapter is what is called the Song of Moses. The song is sort of like our national anthem. It was a song that they sang, giving God praise. The people were supposed to teach this song to all their children, to learn it. And in the song it talks about God's agreement, God's covenant with the nation of Israel. It talks about how He showed His mercies on the nation of Israel. He reminds them of their failures as a nation. He warns them of the penalties that they disobeyed Him. And they talks, and He talks hopefully about God's final deliverance. And so in these two verses, God is compared to a mother eagle looking after her young. And the word I want to leave with you here, this first word, three words. The first one is stirring, stirring. What a familiar sight this must have been to Moses as he lived much of his life on the backside of the desert. There was Mama Eagle who would build her, her nest. By the way, that nest is called an eyrie. Over in the mountains of Virginia, overlooking Lynchburg, there is a Southern Baptist camp, a conference ground called Eagle Eyrie. I've been there and played for them. And it's a beautiful place, but it's way up in the, up in the air on the top of the mountain somewhere. And the Mama Eagle would do that, build her eyrie, her nest, high on the ledge of the mountain or perhaps in a tall tree somewhere, somewhere safe from her enemies. And then she would lay down in that arid briars, jagged rocks, sharp objects, and she'd cover them with her feathers or perhaps some animal fur from an animal that she had captured. And so it made a very comfortable bed for those young eaglets, her babies. Mama Eagle would bring food to them. And man, they had it made. They could stay there in the hour forever. But folks, eagles are not born to stay in the nest. They're born to fly. So Mama Eagle begins to tear away some of the lining of that, hour, that nest. 
so that the baby eaglets can feel the sharp pain of the briars and rocks beneath that nest. And so she forces them to move out and to look out for their own food. But she has something else in mind. Mama Eagle is wanting to teach them how to fly. So she nudges them over the ledge and sends them out into the air toward the rocks below. Screaming in terror, these baby eaglets are frightened for their lives and they drop like stones to the earth. And just as they're about to be broken into pieces, Mama Eagle swoops down and takes over and catches her baby eaglets and protects them. And over and over and over again, this scenario is repeated until those little baby eagles learn to fly. Don't, beloved, don't miss this spiritual truth here. There's something that God is trying to tell us here in this passage. God wants us to grow, to develop, to mature spiritually. And I believe this can only take place through change. That was a radical change to those babies enjoying the warmth, the comfort of that nest. And now they're hurting, but they're learning to fly. And this is true physically. It's true in our lives. If you were to take your arm and tie a rope or belt around it to your side tightly so that you couldn't use it and do that for several months, you would discover that it was like you didn't have an arm at all. It would become useless. Physical exercise is not easy, but it's necessary for good health. Just look at me. You can tell I don't get the exercise I need. You know, some people retire from work just so they can be couch potatoes. They can lay around. And often that just shortens their lives. And I think every mother in this room today can appreciate the struggle and the pain and the travail that they go through giving birth to a baby. Strength comes from struggle. Weakness comes from ease. God intended us to fly, folks to soar in the heavenlies with Him, not crawl in the muck and the mire of the things of this world. Psalm 55 verse 19 says, Because they, are, they do not change, therefore they do not fear God. Your growth in grace and in the knowledge of Christ it always involves some changes. You know, you take a piece of pie or cake or piece of bread, lie it on the counter somewhere, and let it just sit there for weeks and weeks, and finally it'll mold, and you won't be able to eat it. And just as mold grows on food around the house, laziness and pride and self-satisfaction and prosperity can spoil us all and ruin our testimony. Question. Have any... Have you today been experiencing the discomforts of God? Maybe stirring your nest a little bit? 
Has he been dealing with you about something in your spiritual life that might be dragging your testimony down? I've got news for you. Look up. <laughs> be encouraged. It's the Jehovah Father Eagle working in your life. God sends the barbs, I believe, of hard times to rouse us from our complacency and to nudge us all out of our comfort zones. Why? So that we'll lift our souls heavenward toward Him and go on into maturity in Christ Jesus. I don't believe God wants any of us to be nest sitters. We were meant to fly. So let's not lie around in the nest and do nothing. Let's learn to spread our wings of faith in what the Lord can do through our lives and fly. That's what God made us for. Amen? Amen. So that first word, remember? It's stirring. The second word I want to leave with you is soaring. First stirring and then soaring. Turning your Bibles with me to Isaiah 40. Great passage in the 40th of Isaiah. I'm going to read four verses from Isaiah 40. Chapter 40, verse 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Now here's the here's catch one here. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. And here Jehovah God is pictured as the omnipotent and the sovereign creator. The one who's able to handle our problems, our difficulties. The one who's able to punish bullies and to deliver his own. Aren't you glad God never takes a vacation? God never gets overworked. He doesn't get tired or out of breath. He gives us everything we need to walk and to run and to soar to new heights with Him. I believe there's strength to those who hope and wait on the Lord. You know, that word wait doesn't mean to go chill out somewhere, do nothing, sit under a palm tree and take it easy for all eternity. I believe it carries the idea of serving and trusting the Lord. You know, eagles have great strength. And so we're encouraged by Joshua in chapter 1 and verse 6 of his book, be strong in the Lord and of good courage. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above not things on the earth. I read somewhere about an eagle in the Detroit Zoo who was confined to a wire cage. Well, the bird wasn't too happy about that situation. And so often he would flap his wings and crash against the sides of the cage. 
trying to get free. And he did this so much that his beak became bruised and bloody. He'd strut back and forth proudly, but then with a loud screech, he'd throw himself against the, script, the, the cage, and then he'd fall backwards and lie there for a moment with his eyes scanning the sky above. It's almost as if he were trying to say, I don't belong here. Up there's where I belong. The sky was calling, but he couldn't respond. He wasn't meant to be earthbound in a cage somewhere, but to soar in the heavenlies. Beloved, I believe God wants us to soar with Him. And that's why God puts us here on this earth. Philippians 3.20 reminds us that our citizenship is where? In heaven, from which we eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure many of you remember Dr. James Dobson, who used to have a radio program, and he's written many books. Some of us raised our kids by some of Dobson's stuff. He tells an interesting story about one of the associates that he worked with as a psychologist. And this man had served successfully in the medical field with him for many years. But one day his friend passed away. It was a sad day. And the staff met together in the office. Somebody from the staff read a five-minute eulogy about this man's life and contribution. And then everybody did something that we've all done. They stood and observed a one minute of silence. But during that silence, Dr. Dobson began to think, this is what he said, Lord, is this what it all comes down to? We sweat, we worry, we labor to achieve a place in life to impress our fellow men with our competence. We take ourselves so seriously, overreacting to the insignificant events of each passing day. And then finally, even for the brightest among us, all these experiences fade into history. And our lives are summarized with the five minute eulogy and 60 seconds of silence. It hardly seems worth it all and the effort, Lord. At first, it seemed so hard for Dobson and his staff to understand the questions that arose in their minds at their friend's death. Where had he gone? Would he live again? Will we see him on the other side? Why was he born? Were his deeds observed and recorded by a loving God? Is that God interested in us? Is there a meaning to life beyond earthly goals and worthly accomplishments? And then here is Dr. Dobson's reaction, I quote. He writes, he says, Then a wave of relief spread over me as I thought about the message of Christianity and the meaning of the cross. The good news provides the only satisfactory explanation for why we're here and where we're going. The final heartbeat for the Christian is not the end of a meaningless existence. It's the beginning of a life with Christ that will never end. That's why we can proclaim 
He says, even at the graveside of a loved one, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? God wants us folks to serve and to soar to new heights with Him. Are we in the house of the flesh? Are we so busy and worldly interests that we don't spend enough time with the Lord? Are we locked in some kind of cage that we've made for ourselves? Confess it to the Lord and begin to enjoy a closer fellowship with Him. Whenever I preach, I often, as you know by now, think a lot of the music and the hymns. And I thought of one of the 8,000 hymns that Fanny Crosby wrote when she wrote, I'm thine, O Lord, I've heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me, but I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, 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 precious Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Folks, God didn't make us spiritual chickens. He made us as eagles. Chickens have no interest in the heavenlies. They're content to just walk around the hen yard, the barnyard, with their eyes on the ground, looking for food, because they're earthbound birds. We're not meant to be confined to chicken life. But we're men, I believe, to soar as God's eagle Christians. Stirring. Soaring. I want to leave you with the third word. Satisfied. Satisfied. If you have your Bibles, turn to the 103rd Psalm. Psalm 103. Four verses I want to read from that Psalm. Verses 2 through 5. Beautiful song. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth, get this, is renewed like the eagles. So David compares his satisfaction with the good things of God to renewing his youth. Have you seen this stuff on TV that you can put on your eyes and it reduces the bags in 10 minutes? I could sure use a quart of that right now on this side. <laughs> Ever since the Garden of Eden, folks, sin has left its mark on our bodies. We often see the haggard, worn look of those who've given their whole lives over to selfish, sinful pleasure. But I believe Christ ruling in our hearts and our lives can give us a new lease on life. The Bible says we can run and not be weary. We can walk and not faint. In my study, I have read that when an eagle grows old, a thick film grows and forms over its hooked beak. And it prevents the eagle from even eating. And so it begins to die slowly. But some of the younger birds would bring it morsels of food. And the 
old eagle would be spurred on to action. He would begin to peck away until that membrane broke and he was able to eat and renew his strength and his youth. That's what happens when we feed on God's Word. That's what happens when we give ourselves to prayer. That's what happens when we worship Him. That's what happens when we serve Him and tell others about it. The word eagle means one who feeds with a beak. And what a beautiful picture that is of God feeding His own by the words of His mouth. This is what Matthew 4, 4 tells us, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds where? From the mouth of God. This is what happens when we feed on God's Word. That's our ego food, His Word. And He causes us to grow in grace. I think the most joyful, active, positive, youthful people in all the world ought to be Christians. Amen. How can I stay young, Ron? <laughs> I wish I could tell you that. I've had over 63 years in ministry. And I don't, I feel it. We all feel it when we grow older. But you don't grow old. You become old when you don't grow. Begin by keeping a merry heart. Proverbs tells us 17.22, a merry heart does good like medicine. But a broken spirit... Oh, dries the bones. I heard a sermon when I was a youngster. Preacher talked about milk bottle Christians. <laughs> we have a lot of those today that haven't grown. They're still bound in the cage somewhere, looking down instead of looking up. Grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. Keep close to Him so that your heart can be renewed like the eagle. Serve God faithfully. As we used to sing that old hymn, give of your best to the Master. Give Him the strength of your youth. Give Him the best that you had. I hope everybody today understands a little bit more about the stirring in your life. Are you, are you soaring? Are you flying to new spiritual heights and fellowship with the Lord? My prayer is for you today that God will make all of us like eagle Christians and experience the satisfied life so that there will be youthful joy, wonderful service, and renewed strength from our relationship with Him. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, you're so earthbound. Forgive us. We want to soar with you. Not just when we die and the angels take us to heaven. We want to fly with you on earth. We want to be your voice, your hands, your feet to a weary, sinful world. Speak to our hearts today as our pastor comes and leads us in our invitation. If there's any of you today, Lord, your people who need to do some business with you, you know our hearts.
Speak to us as we conclude this time together. For we ask it with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor. Thank you, Mr. Thompson. You are a blessing, sir. You really are. That was a wonderful message. And can't thank you enough. Really can't. That is uh, my favorite uh, Bible verse is uh, Isaiah 40, 31. That, uh, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Of course, you all know I like to, or I used to like to run uh, for my health got where it is. But I used to quote that verse all the time when I'd be running and feel like I couldn't make it. And, Really, that's something, a verse that you, all of us need to learn because there's a lot of times in our lives when we don't feel like we're going to be able to make it. We can't keep going forward. And we know that if we have turned to the Lord, He will renew our strength. And, uh, uh, you know, I praise God for that. That's something I was talking about uh, first service when I was preaching uh, that uh, we are, uh, so many Christians are anemic. And they are anorexic because they're not taking part of the food of life. You know, we need this to sustain us to fulfill us to strengthen us each and every day and yet so many people you you know i don't know about you all but i love to eat and uh there's very rarely ever a day that i don't go without eating all right i look forward to it well likewise with the word of god we have to have this spiritual bread of life we have to have this to be strengthened or you're not going to be able to make it and uh if you're you're not taking part of this every day in the word and in prayer then you are not going to wither up and when the storm comes, you're going to fall and you're going to fail. But sorry, I didn't mean to, to add to what you were saying there. But uh, let us close in prayer if you want to stand. And as uh, uh, when I finish praying and as Mrs. Brown uh, gives the invitation, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, uh, please come up here and talk to me or if you have a, or Brother Thompson here, or uh, if you have a prayer concern, please come forward. Uh, let us pray. Verify, Lord, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for Ron and what a true blessing him and them both are. And Lord, thank you for his good word and message that you gave him this morning. Uh, it was truly heartfelt and, uh, Lord, much needed. And Lord, if there's anyone uh, this morning that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. song tonight mr thompson good yeah he does an awesome job if you all don't come in the evenings you need to come in the evenings because he does an awesome job uh when he's when, to me i call him the paul harvey of uh 
gospel music because he is uh, he he is uh, uh, he gives a story behind the uh, the hymn that he sings and it's it's awesome and uh, so um, uh, definitely come back tonight at six o'clock for that and I'll tell you Ron I think you're onto something with this here I like this I have to hold a microphone we and him stay in the same spot and uh, don't move we don't teach you down like Dad does so I may have to keep this up here I like not having to carry a a microphone, but, uh, but let's close in prayer. Then, Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you for each and every person here uh, this morning, and I pray that they'll come back this evening and join us, and that you'll lead God and protect them, keep them safe till we meet again. We just thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for coming.